Hello, everyone, and welcome to Man Up, the men's mental health podcast. It's 2021. My name, My name is Andy Richardson, and sitting a long way off is the colossus that is Tommy Danqua. How are you, sir? I am feeling a colossal. Uh, yeah, I'm really good, thanks, mate. It's good to be back. We've had a little break, haven't we? Yeah, uh, we do. We do this a lot, don't we? We do things in spurts. We have, you know, we we sort of do a load of stuff, and then we and then we're like, oh god, that was like, oh, that was hard work. We stop for a while, and then we do it again. So we're, we're this is the start of a little spurt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But this is great, though. This is the beauty of like you know working for yourselves. You know, we don't have big producers telling us what to do, when to do, and how to do it. So. We're renegades, basically. We're the renegades of the podcast world. Renegades of the podcast world. That could be like a, I can imagine that, like a real sort of hip hop song. I can imagine someone like, um, <laughs> do you remember Silver Bullet? Do you remember the rapper Silver Bullet? He did, <laughs> I'm not as cool as you. He did, he did 20 seconds to comply. Oh yeah, I do. I know that song. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I it was, but I do know that song. The, we are the renegade. Oh, the renegades of funk. Do you remember um, that was uh, Africa Bambata? Do you remember him? I remember the renegade master by the bomb funk MCs because that's how cool I am. Yeah, cool. We are so cool. It's funny how we're talking about hip hop, which is about 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're still cool though, mate. We're still down with the kids, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so listen, um, it's 2021. How have you been, sir? Um, yeah, I've been good. I'm still sort of, uh, in my honeymoon period, I think of, um, you know, Estonian life, a new country. It's been snowing loads. Um, so much so that I finally understand now when, you know, people that come from like Poland or Latvia or Estonia or anywhere in the sort of Baltics or, you know, Eastern Europe, they laugh at us in England when it snows. They mock us in fact. And I I kind of get why now, in fact, like, I, I came in, I shoveled all the snow away three times. I've shoveled my pathway so I can get in and out of the house. Um, I went in, you know, had dinner with the kids and stuff. And then I came upstairs to do the podcast and it snowed about another three inches. I'm just like, bloody hell. So now I've, I've become one of those people. You, you guys had a bit of a snow in England, didn't you? Yeah, we had like in London, we had like a sort of light dusting of it. But it was, it, yeah. it was, it was such a funny experience because it was... Um, you know, it was a few inches and, and um, you know, it happened sort of early um, afternoon on one Sunday. And then suddenly just everyone left their house and everyone walking along had a massive smile on their face, you know. And it was like the sort of day, you know, who would have thought that we would need snow a, to, you know. A snow day. A snow us, day. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this is what I mean. It's, did, did England come to like a grinding halt because of it? <laughs> well... That's definitely, definitely not London, but um, we, we've got some snowstorms up north at the moment. And I think there's definitely a lot of grinding halts going on. <laughs> well, I, I've become one of those people now. I've actually become Eastern European. I've become a full, like, you know, member of the Baltics. And when I saw people like posting their, you know, snow dusts, I was like, you know, <laughs> trolling them on like social media, like, you know, <laughs> That's cute. With your millimetre of snow, how cute. <laughs> Sitting here shoveling with my sh- snow shovel. Oh my gosh, I've become that person. You've gone person. fully, fully Baltic now. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I am. Yeah. It is great, it is great. When is the, the one-year anniversary of you moving over there? Um, not until July. Right, July. right. So I still got a bit of time, but yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's still an adventure. It's still exciting. And uh, yeah, still happy to be here. I still feel like I made the right decision. I haven't changed my mind on that one yet. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. How yeah. are you doing, mate? Yeah, well, I mean, to be, to be honest, January has been one of the shittest months I've ever had, if I'm, if I'm really honest. But I think... In your whole life? my whole life yeah definitely but i think but i think it's been the same for everyone um here in here in england um because um you've got the sort of double whammy of uh another lockdown you know so you so this is our third lockdown so you know those of us like myself who who live on my own i've not been able to see friends or family for coming up to a year now basically 
um, not allowed to see my parents. I'm meant to be in their bubble, but my mum's so terrified of the virus that um, I can't even see them. Um, and so we've got that. And then we've got the, oh, we've had like the dreariest weather. It's not like, we'd, it'd be great if we had snow, but no, we had, we've had just this sort of grey, dull light, you know, no light. And it's just been like oppressive. It, um on top of that, I've had really bad IBS um, that's sort of affecting my mental health as well because I'm worrying about it. And um, so, because, you know, they, they sort of set each other off. So yeah. I've not been feeling good um, physically or mentally. So, yeah, if I'm honest, it's, I mean, you know, I do count my blessings. I've got, you know, I know someone who's, who's seriously ill at the moment. Can you imagine all that? And on top of that, being seriously ill, you know. Um, uh, or can you imagine all of that and, you know, maybe losing a loved one? So, you know, I, I, I really do count my blessings. I count, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have the roof above my head. I've got a lot of work on at the moment. But I have to say it's really, it's pushed me to my limit, you know. And um, I'm really glad it's February. That's all I can say. You know, like the, tonight uh, it got dark, at, you know, around five o'clock, which was brilliant you know that so yeah. the light is creeping back in um it was quite warm today it was 13 degrees you know and you know gradually it will get better it will friggin' well be- get better my parents get vaccinated tomorrow um, um, so um yeah so if i'm honest and we are honest on this podcast it's been absolute shit really if i'm honest <laughs> so, mate, mate yeah it's uh, uh, yeah, I remember we sort of like had a call, didn't we? Um, it was a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we spoke about this, and I was just saying that like, I don't envy anybody in the UK at the moment. I really don't. It just seems like one thing after the other, and like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not just for you. I'm feeling for the UK in general. You know? Yeah, and all these, you know, all these new strains popping up here, there, and everywhere, and it's like, oh, will the virus work? I mean. For fuck's sake, you know. Anyway, um, the, we're all be lots of people are being vaccinated. Uh, we're moving in the right direction. You know, infection rates are going right down. There's a massive curve of them going right down at the moment. So let's keep let's keep positive. Let's keep you know. This morning I did a thing. Um, I do a thing where I wake up and I do a little dance. The first thing when I wake up, just to get the energy in my body, you know, because I I found myself waking up feeling like like I've got like a hangover every day, just sort of yeah. feel, feeling really gloomy. But this morning I sort of, you know, did my best to spring out of bed and did a little bit of a dance. And um, that, that, that was song? good. What, what song are you dancing to? What song are you dancing to? Well, that was just, so, just, uh, just in my head, I just sort of made up one. I just was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> wait, wait, you're dancing a cappella. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're well good, mate. Mate. Mate, if there was a plane crash and I was on a desert island, you know, and I had no nothing to play music, I'd still be able to keep myself amused. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so anyway, so so yeah, we're well. So uh, our last one was in 2020. We're now in 2021. Uh, yeah. Onwards and upwards. The Man Up podcast goes from strength to strength. We appeared recently in the Daily Telegraph, didn't we? Gosh, didn't we just, eh? What about that? What yeah. about Yeah. Honestly, big things, mate. Big things. <laughs> this time next year. This time next year, Rodney. <laughs> um, so that no, was good. That, it was amazing. And um, on the back of that, we've had quite a lot of, um, well, like, well, publicists and people emailing us, haven't we? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clients to come on and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's a bit of a game changer. Yeah, we've got some great. Yeah, we yeah, we've got some great um, guests uh, lined up as well, haven't we? Some some names and that, which is good. Definitely, definitely, big things are happening. But speaking of guests, yes, 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 we've got Spe- a cracker lined up today, and this is well overdue, considering that we are a men's mental health podcast. This is fully overdue, so I'm very excited. Joining you, do the intro, go on, mate. Okay. Yes, yes, we do have a guest uh, this week, and um, his name is John Stacy. And since 2019, John has run the mental health support group for dads. Um, and as well as that, um, he's been on the uh, Maternity Voice Project as well. 
uh, and he does a lot of stuff on um, online and Instagram, and he supports uh, specifically dads in their mental health. Now, um, you probably know, listeners, that I am completely childless. Um, no, no. no. <laughs> So, so this is slightly out of my comfort zone, but I've got a real interest in it. But there is there my podcast partner Tommy is is the daddy, a, a dad of um, two children. So, so I'm sure this is going to be a very interesting podcast, not just for dads, but for anyone who's interested in uh, mental men's mental health and how um, uh, you know a, a specific demographic are supported or maybe not supported. But anyway. Uh, that's enough of the intro. John, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Um, and yeah, what an intro. Uh, <laughs> that was a lovely intro. I'm sad to hear that you're not having a greater time at the minute, Andy. Um, but, you know, what you said is true. Everything that you said is true. A good dance in the morning will get you woken up and stuff. So uh, it's weird, actually, when you said that, one of my friends uh, recently told me about the fact that he does that. He sticks some tunes on straight away first thing in the morning and, and has a bit of a boogie for five minutes. And when he told me, it, it's part, as part of a group, he was telling me that this is something he would advise. And I kind of listened and I was like, that sounds fun, man. That sounds really fun. And I don't get the luxury of that, which I'll probably speak about in a little bit, but because my daughter's the first thing that happens to me in the morning. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what I do do or what I've tried to start to do is when I get sat up in my spare room stroke office ready for the day when she's off to childminders, I'll stick on some tunes first thing in the morning to wake myself up a little bit. And, you know, it, it does help. So, yeah, it's good to hear that you're trying at least, mate. It's it's not very nice times at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, a very, while we're on that subject, a really good top tip is um, Lauren Laverne on, on Six Music. Um, Monday mornings, you know, like supposedly the worst morning of, of the week she does a mix called the cloud busting mix and um that is just all feel good you know pick me up songs that have been suggested by listeners and that's really good on a monday morning to stick that on yeah, you know, yeah. so they played yeah. da- they played dancing in the moonlight by top loader oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god moving on anyway so so john um Tell us a little bit about your your um, your background um, up to the point where you started this uh, group. Yeah, so um, I guess about five or six years ago, um, so I was just coming up to the 30s. Um, I had a bit of a, um, a kind of sort of torrid year of um, kind of physical health problems and nothing major, but just kind of niggles that just kept riding me. Um, and they, they resulted in some migraines that were quite bad. Um, took myself to the doctors um, and the doctors sort of turned around and suggested that um, part of this could be a mental uh, problem. Um, and at this stage in my life, I've got to kind of paint a picture here. I was, I was very much a stereotype. I was very much the archetypal, don't really believe in uh, mental health issues. Depression was just a thing, just sad people, that kind of thing. I was one of those guys. And um, I went to the doctors. Uh, the doctors sort of weren't sure whether to prescribe me antidepressants. I said no to them and uh, went to counselling. And, 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 and honestly, I was still really reticent to do any kind of support work towards my own mental health and open up that sort of door, if that makes sense. Um, but it was the best thing I ever did. Um, to kind of cut a long story very short, um, over the next few years, I really started to explore my own mental health, really started to learn quite a lot about mental health in general. Um, and that in turn, you know, that sort of joined together as a tag team really helped me to um, start to make some strides in my own journey to um, kind of making myself better, really, in a sense of not only physically and my own mental health, but um, happier generally um, I, I realized a lot of truths about myself you know I realized that I've actually suffered quite a lot of emotional trauma for 20-30 years actually most of my life since I, since I was a child um, realized that I had that I could put names and I could put meanings towards things that I always thought were just flaws in my character and beyond that I could actually accept them come to terms with them and move past them um, and develop a better version of myself um, so that was kind of the first start of the journey, you know, as cheesy, cheesy as the word is, the journey. Um, and uh, yeah, so 
fast forward to 2019, started the, the page, um, the Instagram page, MH Support for Dads. And really, it was only just to start off a bit of a signposting uh, area because started to see a lot of men's mental health work being done a lot of great social media accounts doing some men's mental health work and I thought this is really lovely um but I didn't really see anything for dads and I'd just become I, I, I'd just um become a dad um and I particularly actually and I and I use this as, as a disclaimer I didn't really suffer with my mental health because of becoming a dad more so than you normally would you know and Tommy can can sort of come in and, and, and sort of back me up here but it blows your mind and changes your life but um, you know, it does have massive impacts on your mental health regardless. Um, luckily, I guess for me, I was kind of relatively well equipped with what I was doing at the time and looking and learning at the time and looking at myself. And, but, but, but as I say, I started the, the account because I thought to myself, there's nothing, there's nothing in that niche area. Um, you know, and is there, is there something I can really help to highlight? Is there stuff being done behind the scenes? Are government sort of making any changes? Is policy being changed, et cetera? Um, and so I put myself in the consumer, you know, I put myself in a dad struggling shoes and tried to find it all. And I was quite disheartened to see that it was actually really difficult to find and that there was um, some accounts out there that were trying to push it. The NHS were trying to change things. There were um, big research, um, you know, cases being done at universities to try and uh, make these changes. Um, but also at the same time as all this work that was trying to be done, the stats were going up and up and up and up with more men that were struggling, more men committing suicide after becoming um, new fathers and more men than ever um, causing broken homes because they just simply can't handle being a dad and need to get away. Um, as horrible as that sounds, you know, those things lumped together and spoken about so matter of factly, um, you know, there's, 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 there's too much truth in that. It doesn't need to be that bad. Um, so, so yeah, I started off as a signpost account. Um, and basically over the time I'd realized that it wasn't really getting or doing the job I wanted it to do. Um, I work in marketing as a day job. So I just kind of thought, well, I know really what will make this happen and make this work better. Uh, and that's putting some humanity behind it, telling my story, putting my face behind it, stop being private. Um, you know, and just literally sort of say to people, look, I'm a dad, I'm going through it all. This is the same for me. I have hard, hard downs and I have, I have massive highs from being a dad as well. And, you know, what's, what's, what's the problem with, with painting that picture? What's the problem with connecting with more people who can help me to paint that picture? Uh, and, and doing so has, has opened up loads and loads of doors for uh, the message to get out there a lot better um and led me to to a lot more stuff as you said in the intro regarding my local uh mvp maternity voice partnership uh being more involved in policy change uh being more uh being requested and being um you know kind of asked to do webinars and i'm, I'm actually doing one next month with uh public health <coughs> public health england <clears throat> to report back on uh you know suggested changes and lived experiences about how policy can change to support dads in the maternity uh, and, and, and postnatal uh, timeframes. So yeah, it's all going and it's all going really well. Uh, I enjoy it. I've made some massive, awesome connections and friends from it all. Um, but just going back to your point, Andy, at the start, you know, you're not a dad, but all dads are men and all of this affects all men, you know, whether you're a dad or not, all of the things I talk about as a dad, they can affect men anyway, regardless of being a dad. It just gets a little bit heightened due to having the kids around sometimes. And, and, actually, um, and actually, sometimes it can just be one of many triggers for men having children that those things can happen to anyone. So I do try and do a lot of, a lot of mental health work regardless of being a dad because, you know, as I say, I'm a peer-to-peer counsellor, mental health first aider. I can, I can sort of wade in and help with those arguments. So I'm part of different groups and part of different, different, different teams trying to get messages out there generally too. Um, so yeah, I think that's covered most things. Sorry, I went off on one a bit there. Say a podcast done, mate. I think you've answered everything. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Oh, it's fa- it's fantastic. You do so, you do so much, and it's great how you you've just you've seen that something was lacking somewhere, and you thought, right, I'm going to sort this out, and you've gone head first into it, like, and and suddenly you're the you're the sort of uh, one of the experts, one of the leading lights in, 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 in that, in that, like you say, quite niche field, but a very important field. Yeah. I think, I think what I found was that there weren't many people involved in this field. Um, but there are some great people and, you know, luckily, and I'm grateful for this, they've been welcomed me into their sort of 
I guess, behind the scenes team. And, uh, and on top of that, you know, I can utilize their knowledge to expand what I do, you know, more locally. Um, I do still slot into a very small niche generally anyway, because of what I try and do and the content I put out is quite, I guess, kind of almost unique, but you know, there are people doing very similar things to me and doing really great jobs at it. Um, so we're not, I'm not completely alone, but yeah, you're right. It was kind of, when I started doing it, I kind of thought to myself, who can I help out rather than can I be the one kind of thing. And, uh, you know, luckily it's somewhere in the middle. There isn't a huge amount of people doing it. And I do need to take a bit of a stronger um, control of it all and, and push it forward, which, which can be time consuming. Um, but it's, it's great. And it's an amazing thing to be part of. And I'm, you know, you're already seeing, I'm already seeing and feeling some great um, positivity from it all and responses and change happening. So, um, you know, I've just got to keep going really. Amazing. Amazing. Maybe you're right because um, I mean, I'm on Instagram, I'm a dad. And there are certain groups, you know, like dad gang, this and that, but they don't really talk mental health. They talk about, you know, being a cool father, being a yeah. father yeah. of rocks and all this business. And I'm, I'm not knocking it. It's really nice to have those no. sort of communities where we embrace being a dad. But um, I was so excited to see your page. I, it came up on my feed somewhere. And I think I, I, think I messaged you, didn't I? Instantly, I was yeah. like, I need, to, I need to speak to this guy. I need to. And I messaged you. I think it was like <laughs> Boxing Day or Christmas Day. And I was like, look, I'm really yeah. sorry talk shop on Christmas but <laughs> I think I need you on the podcast man so yeah. what you're doing is amazing and the conversations that you're starting are great because even you know like you talk about you know postnatal depression in men and that was mm. something I hadn't even heard of or even sort of you know it blew my mind that that was even a thing oh it's huge it's huge it blew my mind too um because I haven't suffered and I didn't know anyone who suffered and it's weird the more you quickly find out it, a lot of people suffer the more you realize actually quite a lot of people have suffered or are suffering that have just never said anything or never been diagnosed it's such a big deal um but just going back to what you're saying yeah i mean there's some amazing what i call fun accounts out there that are doing really great dad work in joining up kind of communities of let's have a laugh kind of situations about being a dad let's laugh at how stupid we've become at being a dad you know and all these funny things that happen that has a massive purpose and has a massive um uh, positive message because you know a few years ago that didn't exist as well so we need that too dads need that too and I'm part of a few of those groups because I'm not all serious and doom and gloom like I do out like having a laugh as well um but um but no my content and what I try and do is a little bit more serious I try and flag things that aren't talked about that are a little bit taboo and I, I need to get out there a bit more and I need to and I want to connect dots I want to highlight people that can support dads and highlight things that are out there that can support dads to suggest the things to, to suggest dads uh, to the dads watching things that they might want to get involved in um because one massive 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 thing and I don't know whether you can relate to this Tommy but as a dad when you're a dad you're a dad and you sit there and you go this is all I am but there's there's so much more that you can still be part of as a dad and mm. actually you know feeling trapped and lonely is such a big undercurrent that we have as a dad that you know you can access all these different great different things that are just a bit of fun and and get involved in these things and 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 beyond that you know there's 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 all sorts of different types types of support that suit men rather than the traditional kind of mental health support that can be thrust down people's throats sometimes there's you know there's some really great motivational coaches and life coaches there's some really great um parental coaches you know and people who work with the with parents sort of daily you know and things like that so um yeah it's just about highlighting things that people might not have thought of i guess no that's massive because um you know you i think you just like struck a chord straight away off the bat um identity you know that was probably one of the biggest things when i had kids it was like you know like i said i'm a dad now what and, yeah. and then it was like well what does a dad do what what yeah. do i have to do and then the you know that i've got to work harder i've got to make more money i've got to make sure this kid has everything you know yeah life. and and then you know for me you know having kids was the catalyst i think for you know, I've spoken about this on an earlier podcast. That was the catalyst for, you know, my mental health struggles. I think I'd suffered all the time, but mm. you know, when you have kids and I mean, the partying stops, you stop going out. And like you said, you kind of lose yourself into the, what you're meant to be and what society says. So yeah, I'm really keen to hear more about, you know, these things that we can join or the, the, the things that we can outreach for men mm. I really care about them. I do want to. 
I, I talk about something that you kind of, that I put a bit of a label to that you described there. I, I, and I call it auto pressure. And I think when you become a parent, doesn't matter whether you're a mum or dad, you know, that day that, bo- that day that boy or girl is born, um, you have an auto pressure that unless you're prepared for it or unless you're um, mentally equipped for it, um, you will automatically um, kind of capitulate straight away. And then it's all about climbing back up that hill. Now, no parents, as you know, are fully prepared for, for having a baby. I'm not saying that you can, you know, mentally prepare 100%, but you can definitely learn things about that kind of pressure and kind of almost expect it a bit better. Mm. I was really lucky in my journey. I had some great antenatal experiences. Um, I met some great dads before becoming dads, you know, pre-dads. Uh, and I have some friends that I could definitely relate to who are, who are a bit further along the journey, got older kids and stuff. Um, I didn't use any of that. Um, and that is something that looking back, I wish I did, you know, so I try and, I try and talk about that message too, you know, like there's so many tools out there that can be given to you and are given to you. Um, and I guess as pre-dads, as people becoming dads, we need to be more open-minded to that too. Right. Nice. (laughs) I just feel, I I feel like, um, it's, um, this whole, the whole journey as a general rule, men, we don't talk anyway. We don't talk no. anymore. We know that that's like a big struggle that we're trying to change. Um, but with male, you know, postpartum, how do you pronounce mm. it? Postpartum. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it goes undiagnosed. So it's no surprise, is it, that, you know, men are going to struggle. One in 10, I think the statistic is one in 10 are going to experience this. So mm. how, how do we change that? I mean, we know what we're doing now as a general blanket of like men's mental health trying to set up these support and stuff like that. But how do we get out to the dads? You know, how do we make this more accessible yeah. to them? Or part, you know, you're, what you're doing straight away is a huge thing, but how do we make it well, even more so? Yeah, there's a couple of things happening. Um, and there's things that are very soon going to be uh, changing. And that is, I mean, the first, firstly, the things that are happening that are really great. So in certain regions in the UK, there are fantastic groups that are, set up uh, by charitable organizations and by the nhs as well it's all down to kind of your trusts and your county and things like that so some areas have nothing unfortunately like like my own area actually which i'm trying to to um, make massive changes in but these groups what they do they do um kind of male antenatal uh, work they do open-minded kind of sessions to learn with you know before they have kids but then they also do um, open screening um, where, you know, at certain points they're offered, uh, they, they get given, new dads get given the opportunity to be part of screening and working with teams who are mental, mental health trained professionals to just simply make sure they're okay. Now, as I'm describing that, you might think, well, that's what mums get. And, and that's right. They do get that. They get screening and they get part of the health visitor experience is to double check that they are okay. And then your next thought might be, well, why aren't men already given that? Um, and that is a much bigger conversation, which is uh, kind of a lot of different things that have gone on over hundreds of years, probably. But um, frankly, the answer is it should be. And that's what's happening. So that leads me to the next part of uh, what is changing. And there are massive, massive research um, uh, kind of studies. Um, by uh, there's, there's one that was actually done by uh, a guy called Mark Williams, who I connected with um, a few months ago he's a fantastic resource he works in uh, perinatal perinatal mental health care um and he's done so many different things already but he's finally got it into the who the world health organization that men need to be considered on the nice guidelines which basically means that men are also now going to be considered as mental health um they're going to be able to access more assessment almost like a risk assessment at certain points of becoming parents whereas women and up until literally like kind of in the last few months Women were the only people that were on those guidelines as, as they become parents, are the ladies okay? So that's one step. The, the, full, the full Monty, you know, if we got given it all, it would be that literally from day one of conception or, you know, the doctor sort of telling you you're pregnant, congratulations, um, it would be an absolute equal experience for both male and female to have almost, I don't want to say the word forced, but it would be part of the journey that the screening would happen at all stages for mental health alongside physical health. You know, a lot of men don't realize, but from day one, the hormones that your wife is producing, we produce as well. Your wife or girlfriend, sorry. We produce those hormones as well. When the baby is born, we have the same hormonal, um, the same hormonal response. So a lot of the mental health problems come from that. And I think that 
you know, um, again, there's, there's lots of stigmas, like you say, there's lots of um, kind of, uh, you know, cultural, societal, historical problems with men ourselves in acknowledging that. But if we were, and I hate to say the word again, but if we were forced to address that from an early stage, it would be more open to, oh, I didn't realise, yes, of course, kind of let's look into this situation that is going to change my life and is it going to affect me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you would get more uptake from men to be open-minded. And we're hitting a modern society now where, where a lot of men are, are more open-minded than ever. Um, so it should uh, work in tune with that. Um, but there's still some time. We're still a little way off. Um, but I think the ultimate goal would be that, you know, effectively from start to finish parents were treated completely equally you know apart from the fact that physically the lady is giving birth you know i mean without sounding weird that's the only difference you know so um, it's funny you you should mention that because I, I, did you see the um documentary by rod gilbert this week that it was a um he's a comedian who has had problems with male fertility um so so he was you know he's got problems with his sperm count and um the thing is through that whole experience none of it, everyone just assumed it was his wife that had the problem you know yeah. and none of his friends talked to him about it he couldn't talk to anyone about the fertility problem uh mm. but the thing is 50 percent of all you know uh problems w- with couples having children are down to the man you know mm. yeah. um and it's, uh, I guess it's that same culture, you know, like with, like with being a dad, I guess it's, it's just one of those things that men don't really talk about, you know? Yeah. It's a really funny one. It's, it's kind of, there's a lot of historical issues. Um, and I think, you know, depending on, you could sort of narrow it down and we could have long winded conversations about every single demographic, every single generation. Um, but uh, to sort of blanket it all, and I hate blanketing, blanketing things in general, generalizing things but to blanket it all generally speaking men are conditioned and kind of taught uh, subconsciously to not accept weakness to um appreciate um no kind of beauty in vulnerability and no strength in vulnerability um to a point where you've just got to kind of you know keep you know keep going you know uh, what's the what's that phrase um uh you know what's it keep calm and carry on and all that it's like keep calm and carry on really frustrates me because first of all any man that's carrying on with everything over you know a cloud over their head kind of situation they're not a very calm person i can tell you that you know they might seem like they are but they're not um so it really frustrates me that old old british phrase of just crack on um Yeah, the stiff upper lip. It's you know, and actually, it just it's just ridiculous. There are look, there's a massive benefit at times to um, to kind of compartmentalizing, you know, and moving past things and all that kind of jargon that I could use to describe ways that you don't head on tackle and deal with emotions. And there are positives to that still. You know, there are people who can positively use that skill um, and not let it become a negative detriment to their lives. But unfortunately, as men, we're conditioned that doing that more often is is perceived better. And unfortunately, that scientifically and psychologically um, causes much bigger, major mental health problems in men. So I was definitely one of them. I am a walking example of that. When I started my mental health journey and I started having counselling, started looking into therapies, um, the best way to describe my life and my kind of journey since is I'm constantly opening doors. And I talk about these unlocked doors now where I'm realizing parts of my mentality and emotional spectrum that I've never realized before because of things that have happened in my past that I need to relive almost because I've just locked them away. I've locked them away and carried on. And it was my defense mechanism. It was me to, it was me doing what was right. And everybody used to look at me, all my family used to look at me and go, you're really strong, man. You're just really strong. You're just a really strong guy. I really applaud you for being strong. And really, I was the weakest out of the lot because all I was doing was just, oh, my mum's got cancer. Okay, cool. Let's crack on. How can we help her? You know, that's not strong. That's, that's not a strong person. That's a person who doesn't even want to tackle the negativity around that. Everybody else in the room's crying and I'm sat there going, we need to sort this out. Like, is that that's not human do you know what i mean like we need to get upset we need to address these emotions then we need to crack on 
And um, yeah, it's just, we just, we just, unfortunately, we're just conditioned that way. And hopefully a lot of these discussions that you guys have, a lot of these discussions that a lot of different podcasts and, um, you know, Instagrammers and influencers and all these great sort of mental health people that are out there are doing will um, encourage more men to, to actually sort of, I talk about it like having chats with yourself and learning more about yourself because it is really about having that conversation a bit more. Like, why am I feeling this way? Is it because of this? How can I make this better? Can I do this? And asking lots of questions about, you know, stuff that you just let happen and carried on and thought was okay. Um, Because it's not, it affects everybody around you and it affects you uh, massively. So yeah. I mean, I'm going, I'm going mega deep now, but that's, <laughs> that's the gist. Mate, that's what this podcast is all about. So look, you mentioned, you know, like, you know, you said uh, your, your mum had cancer or something. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, first of all, sorry about that. It's, you know, obviously I don't wish that on anybody. Um, yeah. But you, you said something that's really sort of, again, just really hit home. But I had to do a lot of work on revisiting past traumas and stuff like that. Do you yeah. think, a lot of us dads, we do struggle because when we have kids, it does make us revisit a lot of things that have happened in the past. It does make us sort of a lot more sensitive to, you know, again, like you mentioned, like traumas and stuff like that. Is that part of the reason why maybe so many men struggle after? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I think, again, it's another archetype with men, but it's a good one in a way because men are, I don't know whether Andy could even admit this, but when you come across something that you don't know what to do, um, I think men are more likely than women to go, well, what do I know that's similar? Or what have I experienced that's similar? So I can sort of try and find some common ground, you know? And Mm. when you become a dad, I don't know about, you know, other dads, but I know the majority of dads I come across can relate to this. Um, Certainly from my point of view with my daughter, all I try and uh, remember is... Uh, good practice that I've come across in the past because you don't know, no one's given you an instruction manual about how to do this as a dad. So all you can remember is your past. And, and of course, like you say, Tommy, that brings up traumas, that brings up negativity as well as the positivity. And again, from my personal experience, uh, I don't, I don't want to badmouth my parents, but um, quite a lot of my upbringing were my parents doing their best. But what I know now was um, they were uh, potentially doing quite a lot of negative things without realizing kind of papering over the cracks and not really not really connecting with us as kids um yeah yeah. and that's like another generational thing another issue here and there and there's lots more I could unpack with that but frankly speaking all I try and do at times is think about what I can do as the opposite sometimes and you know I've got a good relationship still with my dad um and I would probably tell him directly that most of the time I'm trying to do the opposite of what he did, not because he was a bad dad, but because I look back sometimes and I wish he did things differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was human trying his best and he was doing different things that he could do, et cetera. Mm. Um, but we're, I'm in the same boat. And do you know what? Doing the opposite might not work. You know, that's the other thing that you have to come to terms with. Um, but absolutely, you do have to dig out some traumas and it is something that men, again, you know, we're not equipped to sort of tackle head on. We're not equipped to 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 uh, want to do that first of all and not understand uh, and again again following on from that we're also not open-minded enough to see the the positivity in addressing those traumas you know we get fearful straight away and we we go back to fight and flight and we want to run away um but what i've learned as hard as it is sometimes is addressing those traumas you can you can get so much from it in a sense of nuggets and seeds and learning instructions of how you can just be a better person because you realize how much better you can become knowing what's happened to you as a result of these traumas so there's there's so much positivity in it yeah i mean i suppose this is a question for both both of you really but do you think just you know just becoming a dad is something that's so life-changing it's probably like one of the you know if not the biggest thing that can happen it's just it basically holds a massive mirror up to yourself that you can't run away from you know like you know you cut that is a commitment for life you know and i mean i go through life myself running away from commitment and things like that but that's another story but you know (laughs) if i had a child there i would have to step up and it's so it, it must give you a mental jolt like like no other jolt yeah. Definitely. I think so. I think it definitely does with me on a daily basis. Um, you know, you're more accountable than ever. And this, this is a word that I've learned very recently over the last couple of years, accountability. You know, I used to have a different perception of that word now. 
now I'm, I'm accountable for myself. I'm accountable for my wife and my child. And, you know, the accountability side of it, you know, can put most men off doing anything like this. <laughs> you know, like you said, you're fully responsible for this situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but you, you want it, you know. Um, there's, a, there's a stat, I can't remember the exact percentage, but there's a stat of surveyed men who essentially ran away from kids and tried to get back in their lives um and they were surveyed and they had a really simple question at the end of the survey that was um was your reasoning for coming back into their lives because you realized you always did want them and it wasn't a case of i didn't want them anymore uh and it was something like 98 percent of a thousand men so it's one of those situations where you know this situation that men struggle with and they they run away from um you can break it down to the most simplistic measures that you know effectively we do want this situation we want this um we put ourselves in the position to do it it's just about tackling it in the right way uh not running away not capitulating not closing off um and, and trying your best to to um i guess trying your best to acknowledge that that's all you can do is try your best you know, like just give yourself a break and do as good as you can. Um, so many people, and this is probably another massive topic, but so many men beat themselves up on a daily basis, whether they're dads or not. But dads, I think, are the most critical people. Um, I've got an article, shameless plug, I've got an article coming out um, in a magazine. Um, and one of the things I talk about in that magazine is that um, what you what you become is like your own worst critic. Um, and personally from my perspective i was a very confident person um you know three four five years ago a very extrovert confident person now i'm a i'm a very happy introvert and on top of that i am very uh critical but um i try and reframe every critique as as not a shameful guilt guilt guilt-led experience as a learning experience and and i'm not always successful in that but by reframing that i i achieve a lot more than at the end of the day, just going, God, I was shit today. I was shit, you know, because that you're just going to wake up the next day and be even more shit. So, um, you know, we really need to try and sort of, uh, snap out of those sort of like stigmas and stereotypes, I think. Mm. Nice. You, so you talk about, um, you know, reframing things and stuff like that. I, I love it yeah. when we have, you know, I love all of our guests because a lot of the, you know, most of us have done the work and have been putting the work in. Um, so now, with dads, we are taught, you know, a dad's role has changed massively. You talk about historic stuff a lot. A dad's mm. role has changed because, you know, before a dad would come home, dinner would be ready, blah, 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 blah. We know the stereotypes, but now mm. there's a lot more expected of us. Um, and I think a lot of us want to sort of fit into that new, you know, that new role that was, you know, that we're evolving into. But how do you get that balance right for, you know, for dads? Because I think, for me personally, one of the biggest things that really ran me into the ground was that I was working full time. I was mm. coming home and trying to really just take all the pressure from my wife because I knew that as a modern man, you know, my mm. wife was tired of having a kid with her all day. Like, and I'm trying to step up to that bit. And that, I think that almost in itself, putting, again, pressure, I guess, we've, you know, we've said that word a few times. Mm. It, it, how do we balance that out? How do dads balance that out? Yeah, so... Uh, well, first of all, it's the stuff that you can do for yourself. So look at ways that you can manage that better yourself. You know, uh, mindfulness techniques, exercise, try and find time and space for yourself to recharge, all those kinds of things that give you the opportunity to come back energized rather than just burning yourself at both ends. Mm. Um, but a massive, massive thing within all of that is communication with your partner. Um, and actually break it down, be as vulnerable as you can, tell them that you are that you are feeling this vulnerable and conscious of this situation. You know, I'm sure you did have that conversation, Tommy, but quite a lot of men probably don't and have it too late sometimes. And um, one thing I try and remember quite regularly with my uh, relationship, which I'm very proud of, is that we don't communicate perfectly all the time, but we do try and communicate a lot um, about everything. It's a team situation. And certainly if there was a scenario similar to that that we had, uh, and there probably has been, um, you know, I would flag it. um, And I would hope that my wife would flag it the other way if she was the same. 
Um, and it, it's not about tit for tat. It's not about going, it's not about that shame spiral I just talked about where you sit there and you go, I'm really sorry, I can't be the man you need and all this kind of thing. It's about saying, look, I want to be this. This is what I want to be. Is this what you need? And is this what you think the family needs? If they then go, yeah, <laughs> then you go, right, how can I do this? Because I'm struggling. And they understand, you understand, you're on the same playing field, you're on the same page, whatever you want to call it as an analogy. And on top of that, you can find solutions between you, you know, problem half, problem shared, all these different sayings that I can wing out right now. But it, tru <laughs> it truly is communication's key. Um, and you know what? It's, it's odd. I, I did this video a while back on LinkedIn, actually, because I do a lot of business mental health stuff as well. And there's a, a, a video that went a little bit sort of crazy and it was about communication techniques and if you do an office job if you've ever done an office job you'll have you'll know what I mean by the different types of people that you can communicate in different ways to there's a guy that only takes emails there's a guy that you can call because you'll never answer an email there's a guy that you know you won't get anywhere with unless you have a meeting face to face you know all this kind of thing um and I likened that to how you deal with relationships because sometimes there are just going to be difficult conversations that you have to tackle head on, but there's a ways that you can do that. There are ways that you can break those conversations down, talk matter of factly, take emotion out of the scenario. You know, don't cry, rant, argue. It's got to be a conversation. And sometimes it's actually got to be a bit like, you're my team member. You're not my wife. Let's deal with this. Um, and, you know, those kinds of things I think are just gold, gold. Love it. Absolutely love it. Especially, um, you know, the vulnerability part, the communication is key. Um, I, I discovered this almost too late because like many men, you know, you said to be vulnerable and stuff like that. And I'll second that because my biggest fear, and I've said this to Andy before, my biggest fear was that I thought that as a man, I need to be strong for my wife. And if I told my wife I was struggling, then she's going to freak out because we've just had a kid. Or we, you know, we've got two kids. And then, you know, I'm letting everybody down, but yeah. it, it was, it couldn't, I couldn't have been more wrong when I eventually yeah. sort of like break down, have this outpouring of emotion and just told the truth. Mm. It was like probably the best thing I've ever done. So yeah, yeah, gentlemen, dads, if you are feeling that, you know, like John said, you must talk. I know it's not always easy. It doesn't come as, you know, it's not second age to us, but just try, really try because it will benefit you no end yeah there's there's loads of ways around it as well um you know you don't have to you don't have to think you, you don't have to take whichever route gives you the most fear you could find another route to that communication um you know i i've made a lot of mistakes in communication in the past and you know sometimes <laughs> the trial and error method will take you to a method where you realize you get through but what you said there was crucial in a sense of, you know, you got to that point. I mean, you said you nearly got past that point. Well, for me, you know, that sounds like you got there early because you could have got a lot further, trust me. Um, men are, I mean, I have been, so I'm going to stop saying men, but I have been um, to a point where I looked back at years before and wish I'd have said something. Do you know what I mean? Um so I'm not perfect and I, I don't always talk the way I think I, I should. Um, I have emotional outbursts like every person. I have, uh, I say the wrong thing instead of the right thing probably 90% of the time, you know, with, with my partner and my friends. So um, a massive, massive part of communication and a massive, massive part of being a dad and a man and being more open about your emotions is actually just accepting and understanding that you're flawed. Um, and that, that's okay. That's massively okay. In fact, that's really great because nobody's perfect, man. Your wife isn't perfect. <laughs> as horrible as that sounds, she isn't. Um, she may be perfect in your eyes if you're soppy like that, but she, <laughs> she's a human just like you, you know? So um, hopefully she'll understand. And if she doesn't, you know, there'll be other people who can, your nearest and dearest mates, or reach out to a stranger. Reach out to the kinds of accounts like myself online that got the DMs open and just want to talk to people and help them. And even if you just want to vent, find a group or a way to vent because Christ, that could, that could actually save your marriage, save your life. If you don't want to vent to your wife, vent somewhere else and then come back and be a better man. You know, um, it's, there's loads of different ways. Don't balk at it. It's actually something that's really fun and great to open up. And, um, as someone, as someone who can open up, but doesn't all the time, cause I still struggle at times. 
um, there's a great there's a great passion and, and love when you start to do it because you really do see first you really do see how stupid it was that you never opened up before um, and that's not me having a go at myself or anyone who uh, uh, struggles to do it it's actually quite refreshing and I don't know if you felt this Tommy when you had that sort of you know mini breakdown or whatever um, yeah. when I when I do it when I did it you know initially and when I do it now it's you know, when you get that comeback from your wife or you get that comeback from a friend where they're going, well, yeah, what you say in there is like, that's easily rectified. You just got to do this. And you go, whoa, why was I being so stupid to not even just have this conversation? Do you know what I mean? It's like one of them kind of like amazing moments where you're like, why didn't I just have this conversation? So, um, yeah, <laughs> I went off piste again, but I think that's kind of really crucial just to understand that you can just have these conversations and it's fine. There's yeah. no problem with it that's that's really that's really good advice for 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 anyone dad or dad or not dad you know um i i i just want to because we're we're coming near to the end now um i just wanted to bring it right up to date um so i suppose it's it's two questions in one um have you seen during the pandemic uh more men because obviously they're at home with their kids you know Mm. like a lot a lot of more men are at at home with kids i know i'm using the cliche that the men go to work women stay at home but everyone's staying at home so you're obviously seeing more dads stay at home and secondly in that case because we've been talking about new dads i suppose quite a lot but what about dads that you know have you have you heard from dads that have been dads for quite a long time and you know, have suddenly had a sort of a real crisis of of confidence of, of being a sort of dad of uh, of kids of that are you know in their teens or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. I've come across dads who have told me um, that being in lockdown and spending more time with their kids has made them realise they didn't even know them. Do you know what I mean? It's it's kind of that kind of crucial. Um, there's some massive positives actually that I've come across from lockdowns um, with regards to new dads and experienced dads feeling more connected with their families so I'll, I'll get that out of the way there's some really really lovely stories and I'm one of them I, I always talk about how great it's been with my daughter she's only two and this last year you know going from one to two and now she's a toddler and all right I'm kind of desperate now to kick her out every day because she's a, t- a teenager you know it's like uh it's she's um, she's beautiful and it's been an amazing experience to have that time with her because I would have to miss out on sort of seven eight hours a day without her um but no going back to the the sort of seriousness of the question, I guess, and the other side, the flip side, um, it has seen a massive increase in um, breakups, in broken homes, you know, that kind of statistics. Um, It's seen, I've seen it closer to home with friends and family members. It's seen people uh, who have become new dads um, feeling more and more um, disconnected and lonely than ever because I think as a new dad, you... um, immediately and uh, quite rightly uh, rely on a lot of people you know and there's loads of reasons behind that which are more kind of clinical and experiential but um tommy will, will probably testify with me on this but those first few months up to a year you know you are desperate for people to to help you and your wife out a lot i think and um you know as young dads and things like that they're completely isolated they're learning everything themselves and um it's horrible really to hear uh, some of the stories um, about the mental health of people really, really struggling in this situation. Um, so yeah, there's a flip side to the coin. Definitely hearing more negativity than positivity. Um, you know, the, the stats won't be published for a while, uh, but unfortunately it does look like suicide stats in men are going up. Um, and we know already that there's a large percentage of those suicides that are uh, fathers. So the last stats showed that 40% of all uh, of the three quarters of all suicides that were men, forty percent of them uh, were dads, and oh. uh, and within that forty percent, um, there was a rather large proportion of those who were in the first year or two of becoming a dad. So, I mean, what does that say? You know, there's no, there's not enough support for new dads, first of all. But this pandemic's probably made it even worse. Um, mm. So, yeah, sour note, but absolutely, definitely hearing a lot more. Um, but what I think people are finding, just, just to sort of round it back to a positive, is you know the online world we live in now, people are engaging in more often because they have to, they have no other choice. So they are engaging in more kind of online activity. And that means that the people who are doing the great work, like yourselves, like myself, and the other people out there trying to sort of get the messages out there, we're getting more people connect with us. We're getting more people resonate with our stories. And 
find solace in groups and fun, you know, Instagrams that are out there doing silly things with kids. And, um, you know, there, there are connections. They're just less, uh, I guess, um, they're less uh, face-to-face physical. Um, but uh, let's, let's hope it continues and ride on the pandemic out. Beyond the pandemic, we, let's hope we have a massive blend where everything's heightened because we've got more face-to-face and people are more supported by the online communities than ever before, you know. So let's hope it continues. And how can people um, get in touch with you um, and, yeah, anything else that, that, that's out there that you can sort of name-check, um, that we're, you know, a resource for sort of help for dads? Sure, yeah. So I think... You can first of all you can get hold of me mh support number four dads so mh support four dads um, and that's on Instagram. Um, the uh, I have another method. I have other methods more locally for the work I do locally that you can get hold of me. But that's probably easiest if you're just kind of picking this up anywhere in the country. As far as kind of official resources and official support, um, the NHS do have a great amount of support online. Um, there are uh, apps out there as well. So um, there's a new app that I'm helping working with, um, which is actually unfortunately titled Mum and Baby, but this, it's not just about Mum and Baby, it's about everybody. Um, there's a massive section on, on uh, partners and dads. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Mum and Baby app, and that's coming out very soon. It's out already in certain regions, but you can so you can download it now. But it's becoming more uh, nationalized and I'm part of that discussion and I'm doing some uh, cool sort of uh, content for, for Facebook and things like that, which I don't really dabble in too much, but it's quite fun. Um, so there's, there's apps, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of great resources anyway, you know, you, you can actually find most of what you look for in support and guidance and, and tips and hints and all that kind of thing. There's a lot of great things out there right now. Um, you know, one of my groups that I engage with quite a lot and, well, there's a few actually, but from a dad's point of view and from a parent's point of view, uh, there's a really great group called Dad Vengers, which is led by Nigel Clark from CBeebies. So if you know CBeebies and you're involved <laughs> in any, any of that, you'll know Nigel um, from his dreadlocks probably. But um, I do. I know Nigel. Yeah, you know Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel, Nigel is a fantastic guy, does a fantastic job on the Baby Club, Toddler Club and all sorts of different programs on CBeebies beyond that though in lockdowns and things like that he started dad vengers which is a friday night dad chat but it's called dad chat it encourages parents grandparents and everybody and so there's loads of mums involved there's a huge whatsapp community that i'm part of as well some great guys in there Um, and there's a podcast that he's done where he's brought on celebrity dads to talk about their stories too beyond that though the biggest i think the biggest uh, underwritten resource on dad vengers is the blog so the blog is written by parents mostly uh, from the community and it's talk, talking about really sort of crucial situations and, and and hints tips and guidance and it'll also give you lots of offshoots to different guidance too so uh, that's a good little extra one um but i'd certainly go you know clinical i certainly go nhs routes there's some great stuff on the nhs website so definitely don't don't worry about that brilliant brilliant I feel like we need to get you back on because there's just <laughs> more. I think I think the dads are going to really benefit from this. I know that I have, so thank you massively. Massively. I feel like I should be more positive if I'm coming back on and have a laugh a bit more because you guys, you guys are real fun, and I like the fun. <laughs> I feel like I've been really negative <laughs> because this we 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 we've dealt with some real key issues, and I think this is like true, a, true. it's an own conversation. There's yeah. definitely fun for part two. Definitely more yeah. fun for part two. But, Amazing. Well, listen, listen. Tommy mentioned it before. Okay, right. Your 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 dad's come on, John. Give us your bed your best dad joke. <laughs> oh God, dad joke for me. Dad joke. You know, you were talking earlier. Um, <laughs> dad jokes, right? I used to be into dad jokes before I was a dad. To be fair, but they, when you when you become a dad, you get this sort of magic power where you become like next level. Um, <laughs> But off, you know, off the top of my head, you've put me on the spot. I really can't think of any. It's no. mad. I think they're more, for me, they're more situational. So it's no, if like, you know, if like someone says something that can be turned into like a double entendre. Y- yes. That'll be, that, that'll be me. That'll be or, me. Or a pun. Yeah. My dad's like their pun. Yeah. 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 My, my, fa- my father-in-law, though, man, when you get to grad- granddad level, they are, well, they stink. They're like, they're far beyond what dads do. They're crazy. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Brand masters, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, oh, I, oh, I've got a good one for you. Go on, here we go. You ready? Go on. Then. Right. A dung beetle walks into the bar. Is yep. this stock taken? Hey, I like that. 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's really, oh, that's really. I, I, I had one as well, but I think I'll save it. I'll save the listeners. Uh, <laughs> I got a little bit of stick come up when Tommy said that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Oh, fantastic! Well, well, listen, John. That yeah, like, like Tommy said, that was fascinating. Even as a non-dad, that was really good. You're, you're, a, you're a great uh, ball of energy and a, and a, and a good positive force for for men, dads. That and dads all around. So, um, yeah, thank keep, you, man. Keep up the good work, and um, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much. Really kind words, um, and thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Sorry about the tech issues. Hopefully, this is all good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Well, that's been man up, everyone. From myself and Tommy, we'll speak to you next time. Bye bye.